Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action Podcast of Season 4. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Instagram and on Twitter. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast, the Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, I am I'm live from uh, the studio at Aniasinko in Plano Carmen, as you can see. I have a nice background of a co-host who's chirping back here at my uncle's place. I'm, I'm enjoying uh, Tio David's famous recipe for margaritas. Nice. There's a, a rainbow just over your right-hand shoulder, too. It's a very beautiful backdrop for oh the God, podcast it's, tonight. It's, oh, this is being recorded, so that's great. We have a rainbow. Everything's perfect in paradise and fair in Plato Carmen today. Everything's perfect in Detroit, too. It's uh, 46 <laughs> degrees and raining tonight, so couldn't ask for much better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got the, I mean, you got the, the millionaire hat in the background. You got the... Yeah, you're obviously the the microphone. You've got everything going, so that's all you need. That's right. <laughs> well, anyway, besides my little digs, which I'm appreciating here for the weekend, visiting my uncle and aunt here, so it's been a nice little rest from my work week. Uh, how was your weekend last weekend? It was nice, very relaxing. We just hung around town and got a lot of work done around outside the house before the time change with the last nice. little bit of daylight we have left and uh, just watching a lot of football. We watched the Boilermakers get a big win against the Michigan State Spartans. They're called the Spoilermakers yeah. now. Uh, Moneyline underdogs, so that was enjoyable. And then uh, more NFL football on Sunday, obviously. How was your weekend? Uh, it was great. I, you know, It was kind of one of these things where I didn't have a lot of plans, but of course, you know, Mr. Single Available Guy is doing a bunch of stuff, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, i got a bunch of plans. I'm staying out till 3 in the morning. That's after the time change action. That means four in the morning for most people. Uh, I don't know. It was kind of a wild night. Ended up having a lot of fun at the uh, Holiday Club with some friends after going to Sheffield. And then we hit Golden, the Golden Apple, which I'm sure you're familiar with, a, a 24-hour diner here in Chicago. So that was a wild night. also played a lot of volleyball on Sunday. We had a great weekend for, for uh, volleyball. Probably the last good weekend in Chicago, just like in Detroit. My co-host... He's trying to pipe in. You want to say something? Okay. I, th- I think he's telling you to bet the Jets. <laughs> bet the Jets. That's right. The Jets. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, well, yeah, I mean, great weekend. So, well, let's jump into it, Action. Uh, last weekend, you know, it was kind of a, a wild weekend, and this is kind of the, the theme we've been talking about all season. Underdogs crushed it again. This week at a resounding 11-3 and three against the spread, 8-3 and three for the Road Dogs. So, I mean, if you bet underdogs, especially this year in general, you'd definitely be making money. You're probably making double your money. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, I think uh, you've heard in the media the last several weeks that the books have been getting crushed by the public. And uh, it flipped on a dime last weekend with all the underdogs that came in. I think you saw a lot of heavy favorites and public teams that went down, too, including the Cowboys. Right. Well, that was my survivor pick. So thank you for rubbing that in action. But so I'm out of the survivor pool. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was rough. I mean, how about the Bills, Jacksonville? We'll talk about some of these games. But just one of these situations where not only did they cover, but they went outright, you know. Um, now, the unders were split. So this is, you know, totals were split this week, 7-7. Seven, seven, so that's normalized. And road teams still dominate 10-4 uh, and four in general, which, again, I don't know if that's ever going to flip at this point. It seems like that's just the trend that's working for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, most of the time, if you pick the right side, you'd be, you'd do it. You know, there's not a lot of spread coming into effect. Two of the games, one of them, of course, the Steelers built the bears, which we kind of knew about. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, if you pick the right side, if you're able to pick the right upset, you, you know, you get a money line much. Yeah, definitely. It seems to be the way to go is to try to pick the team that wins the game. Sometimes more difficult though, on those smaller spreads, like we saw in the chargers and Eagles game, where we were pretty lucky, to, fortunate to come out on the right side there. I think that one was really a coin flip, and uh, the Chargers made the plays at the end to get the W. Yeah, that was that was a definite sweat there. Well, let's talk about the highs this week. I had to put your your guy and my guy and my fantasy teams, Jonathan Taylor. This dude is dominating for the Colts, 172 yards rushing on Thursday night. 
20 years receiving, uh, two touchdowns. He is really happy the offensive line is back, isn't he, Action? Yeah, no doubt about it. I was reading in the recap that this was game the first game of the season that the Colts had their full starting offensive line intact, and that really showed with the performance from Jonathan Taylor as well as their ability to protect Carson Wentz. They pat they 272 passing yards, but it really certainly felt like the Colts dominated that one from start to finish, at least on that side of the ball. Yeah, they they somehow can't stop the pass right now. We'll see if that continues this week. But um, they did cover the spread, which is important. But I love the offense right now, and Carson Wentz playing a little. When he plays under control, <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's their recipe, though. Take the ball out of Carson's hands and mm-hmm. let the running backs have at it. Naheem Hines had a big game, too. I think you see that a lot on Thursday nights where the backup running backs get a little bit more play than they would on a normal game day. Right, absolutely. They both went off. I also put on Patriots D. I mean, I'm, I'm slowly coming aboard of the action side that the Patriots are a good off, are a good, a good team. Uh, of course, their offense is getting bolstered by these pick sixes. So we'll talk about that a little bit in the handicaps later. But three interceptions in total. J.C. Jackson had two of them. This guy is just he's kind of like, you know, a Trayvon Diggs, right? He's, he's just intercepting the ball almost every week. Well, yeah, I mean, the Patriots seemingly wear these ghost-like jerseys every time they play against (laughs) Sam Darnold, and uh, three interceptions, and now shoulder injury. I think it's safe to say that Sam Darnold is toast. Yeah, he may not be back in the NFL, at least not in his current form as a starter. Um, I put the Denver defense. You had mentioned a little bit about the Cowboys getting beat. This was a crazy game. No Von Miller, no problem here. I mean, they just destroyed them. They held them to 5 of 13 on third down and 0 and 4 on fourth down and really scoreless. That Dallas defense has been really good, and they held them scoreless for three quarters. I mean, any explanation for this besides Vic Fangio just out coaching the offensive team for the Cowboys? No, I don't have any explanation. Oh, I mean, I guess you could blame part of it as a letdown on the Dallas Cowboys. Sure. Really remarkable after the big win they got on Sunday Night Football against the Vikings the week before. They get their quarterback back. And they just didn't show up last weekend. And they're not the only ones. I mean, you, across the league, you saw a ton of teams that just decided not to show up last week. Tons of aberration across the board. Well, I wonder, you know, it's hard to kind of, we'd have to be difficult to catalog this. You probably have more information, but maybe it's something to do with the time change, dude. I, I'm serious. I know that I heard a study or at least a soft anecdotal study by Stefania Bell, who's like an ESPN injury person that there's usually a ton, a slew of injuries after the time change because the body clocks are different. People aren't doing their same routine, and and that can happen. It kind of seemed like maybe that was the case. I mean, in Buffalo, in the Cowboys, I mean, there's so many different teams that just couldn't get it done this weekend. Uh, I'm not sure. Fascinating. Never thought about it, but certainly something that we could file away for next season. Absolutely. Uh, last one, I had the Browns. I mean, they played really well this week. Uh, they, they forced three tur- turnovers, including a 99-yard pick six, you know, on the <laughs> first drive of the game or something. And, and you know, Action always quotes this stat, but a 9.0 yards per play. They didn't actually have that many yards in the game, but they were so efficient with them, I guess they just kept scoring, so they didn't need to move the ball up and down that much. Yeah, I mean, the rushing attack, again, 153 yards. I know Chubb broke off a big one. And on the other side, we mentioned Denzel Ward returning to the lineup. And right off the bat, he made his presence known with that big-time pick six that got the Browns off and running. Right. Absolutely. On the lows, is the Chiefs offense again. I mean, this is like a broken record. But this team didn't score in the second half again. Now, they won the game over the, pa- the Packers, but didn't cover the spread, coincidentally. Uh, but also, I don't know what's up with this offense. It's It's kind of sad right now to see the fall of a great offense this quickly. But... The defense is playing well. That should, could be a high, but uh, but zero points in the second half for the Chiefs. I mean, that, that almost never happens. Yeah, especially against the Packers defense that is so mm-hmm. poorly rated um, in the metrics. 16th ranked, about medium, uh, middle of the pack, but that rush defense is bad. and It just seems like the book is out on how to stop this Chiefs offense. Everyone sits back in that two-deep shell, and there's no blitzing whatsoever, and they just force Mahomes to take it easy. And for whatever reason, he and their offense just can't handle it. And they're also locking up his two biggest targets and Hill and Kelsey. So, Right. I think the Raiders are going to have a little something for him this weekend, too. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Somehow the Raiders are not even favorite at home, so... 
All right, so I have in the lows the Bills' rushing offense. This team, I like this team. They're the number one team in the in the Weggs Index. We're a little precursor. They've been for several weeks, but this team cannot run the ball. They ran. They had nine carries in the game against Jacksonville for 22 yards from the running backs. Josh Allen is their leading rusher on the season, and he was on Sunday. They're not going to win in in January like that. They've got to figure out a running game. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think you've seen year in year out that when the weather turns teams rely on the rushing attack and that becomes more important as well as stopping the run and Buffalo, of course they can do the latter, but they certainly need to get the run game going. I think the running backs being banged up a little bit, Zach Moss only had three carries last weekend. Uh, right. certainly doesn't help their cause. Absolutely. A couple more, uh, the Raiders red zone, you know, I, I was kind of, you know, we were, we were on different sides of that game in the end, you were right on the, on the giants, but, you know, from a yard standpoint, I mean, Raiders went up and down the field. They just could not get the ball in the end zone. Scored nine total points in the red zone. They were one of three in the red zone for touchdowns. That's obviously not a good recipe for winning, especially on the road. And they, they did drop the game outright, mainly on the pick six again, another pick six this week. But I don't know. Maybe this is something that Gruden, you know, I don't know. Gruden, not a big fan ultimately, but maybe they're struggling to find those red zone scoring plays. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I would just chalk that one up as some negative variants. I don't, I mean, you don't expect that Henry Ruggs being absent affected their red zone offense by any stretch of the imagination. And no. when you look at the box score, they really crushed the Giants in terms of mm-hmm. yardage and YPP, six yards per play compared to the Giants, 4.5. So I think it's one game of many this weekend that I'm kind of writing off in terms of uh, allowing it to enter my mind frame and how these teams actually are. Right, right. Last one is the Rams' offensive line performance. This is a, a situation where we were, you know, the Titans, you know, the, remember the Titans. This team keeps winning despite crazy metrics, but they were una- But the Rams were unable to protect Stafford uh, against the Titans. They got five sacks and two interceptions, and they were only 4-15 on third down. So this Rams' offense, I mean, I guess this offensive line that was really the hallmark a couple years ago is not as good. Yeah, they're definitely aging. Big Wit is mm-hmm. got to be close to 40 now, and uh, they're just not. They got Stafford under pressure, and that pick six was Wentz-esque early in the first half, and after that was done, you could just see that the Rams' offense was rattled, and they. I went to sleep personally, but I knew they had no chance of coming back. Right. I mean, it was fascinating. Okay, let's go over the key injuries and notes from the week. A lot of interesting things happening. So Kyler Murray didn't play last week as well as Hopkins and everybody else in the team, but they still won. Um, but is he looking to play in week 10? I keep getting injury reports every day for Hopkins, Edmonds, Murray, and now Rondell Moore are yeah. all on the injury report, and none of them have practiced yet this week, Wednesday or Thursday. So right. at best, you could call them game-time decisions and um, – I'm not sure they're going to need all of them again this week going up against a P.J. Walker-led Carolina team, but <laughs> certainly something to monitor. Yeah, Colt McCoy was great, so I guess they don't need him, but uh, just kind of interesting. The Patriots running backs, both of them, uh, Harris and Stevenson. I really like Stevenson, by the way, as a rookie. Uh, they're both questionable. You know, Both kind of got dinged up. One, you know, Stevenson got the concussion. Harris, too, so we're going to see what happens with them, but their line is moving towards them, so I guess it doesn't matter who's playing running back for them. Uh, you mentioned the P.J. Walker-led Carolina Panthers. There's a lot of news for Carolina. First, Sam Darnold is out like at least four weeks with a shoulder injury. I guess he broke his shoulder. Is that the it fractured his shoulder? I, I heard some reports that Matt Rule may have intentionally injured him <laughs> so that he can no longer play. <laughs> he tackled him on concrete in the locker room. Uh, but they also signed Cam Newton on this team. Now, he obviously is joining the team now. He's not going to be ready to start on Monday or I mean, on Sunday, but – it looks like he'll probably start in a week or so. So that's kind of crazy for them. Um, oh, Carolina. I mean, you look at their schedule, too. It's not good. I mean, they've, I see maybe three more wins on that schedule with, with great play. they got a really tough schedule on the stretch. Yeah, intense fall from grace after the starting three weeks where they went 3-0 and and looked like world beaters, especially on defense. Now, they still have a pretty legitimate defense, but this offense is um, trending downwards in a very bad way. Right. Just for your video viewers, uh, your, I'm sorry, the, the audio viewers or listeners, you're not seeing me drink this margarita like it's water. It's delicious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Action's got our, our, our side action mug or you know, 
pint glasses, which are excellent. You know, we'll get those on sale for everybody too. All right. So the Browns, you've listed the Browns. So Chubb is is also positive for COVID. Uh, Demetric Felton as well. So both were both are vac- vaccinated, but they have to get two negative tests to, to get back on the field. So Dearness Johnson, your guy is probably going to be out again. Yeah, I mean, uh, we saw Dearness Johnson give a great performance on that Thursday night game against the Broncos, and I don't really think it's going to be too much of a drop-off. Obviously, Chubb is one of the best backs in the league, but it's been proven time and again that a running back uh, change isn't really going to affect the line too much. However, the, until just yesterday, they did not have another running back on the roster. I think they signed Brian Hill, former Falcons running back, just to uh, fill in as a number two. But there's a possibility that Chubb and Felton could be back on Sunday if they're able to test negative. So it's something that we'll have to monitor before the picks. Right. So this is, I'm going to mention both quarterbacks in this game. So I think they're both going to be playing. So Rodgers is supposed to be back. Does he have to have a negative test or how does that work? I don't, I don't know, actually. I'm certainly probably needs to test negative, but I believe that it was just a 10 day time period regardless. So Okay. Assuming that he doesn't have lingering symptoms or positive tests, then he's expected to be back. Yeah, and then Wilson should be playing in that game. So with the Packers-Seattle game, that'll be interesting. And Wilson is back. He is practicing, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Russell Wilson definitely starting. And I think the line being at three certainly Mm -hmm. tells us that both guys are going to be starting. And if either of them, if there was any question of them playing, I think you would see this line be moving in one direction a lot more than it is. Right. Okay. Well, let's go over our ratings. Uh, obviously, it hasn't changed a whole, whole heck of a lot from last week, but I did add a, another one just for action. So I've still got the Bills at one, Cardinals two, Bucks three, Rams four, and then at five I actually have a tie between the Cowboys and the Patriots. So I don't see your, the Patriots on the you know DVOA, but I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, good question. I didn't actually pick out New England. Uh, Thirteen wins hmm. uh, and team total DVOA. And very similar, the, in DVOA, the Bills did drop three places down to number four this yeah, week after yeah. the dismal performance in Jacksonville. And the Cardinals are number one, followed by the Bucks and Rams. Mm-hmm. And Cowboys five and Browns are six. So, right. again, very similar to the Weggs Index with the uh, obviously the Patriots being in and lieu of the Browns. I do think the thing about maybe DVOA factors in that the offense didn't score the points in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's actually, you know, six points in each game that the defense has scored. And I think that that's something we'll talk about later when I want to handicap that game. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that they're not in your DVOA. But, yeah, Wegg's index isn't perfect, everybody. Well, let's jump into this week's lines. Uh, we've got a game tonight that we won't be, obviously, putting into the contest. We always talk about it. Uh, you've got Baltimore comes off the bye playing Miami. Miami did get the win, obviously, against the Texans and did cover, by the way. Uh, they uh, Baltimore opens as a 6.5-point favorite on the road, 48-point total. In the contest, it's 7.5. Uh, you're showing 7.5. I think Rivers has it at 8.5 for the Ravens. 46.5-point uh, total here. I mean, it's a lot of points, but, um, you know, I mean, Baltimore. Well, actually, no, Baltimore didn't come up the bye. My bad. They came up by last week, and they, they, mm-hmm. they won the game, but they didn't cover against the uh, Vikings. So, but, um, I mean, is there any way to go besides the Ravens here? You're not going to back Miami here, are you? No, I would have no interest in Miami, even at this number. I think that at this point, though, it's gotten away a little bit. The time to bet the Ravens was at seven earlier this week, so – Certainly wouldn't recommend giving that out, but it's definitely a great teaser play. I'm sure Sure. it's part of the reason why you've seen it tick up so high this afternoon is uh, Ravens money coming in. And um, even on the road, I think getting them down under a field goal is a good play. Sure. Absolutely. All right. This is uh, for you, for your squad. Uh, Jacksonville going to the Colts. Uh, The Colts open as a 10 point favorite at home, 48 point total in the contest is 10 and a half, 47 and a half point total. So not a lot of movement there. It's a big number. I mean, the Colts covered against the Jets last week. Jacksonville was able to stuff the Bills. I mean, I still like the Colts in general. I do like them even at this number, but I might have a little hesitancy after last week's game. What do you think? No, I don't think so. I I believe that 
Jacksonville rising up and beating the Buffalo Bills was like their one game effort this yeah. season, and they're going to be happy to pack it up and and not really go all out again this week. And I mean, the Colts have actually been really good laying numbers of this size this season, only twice, mind you, against Houston and the Jets, where they were laying double digits and they covered in both games. So okay. that coupled with the fact of the offensive line being healthy now and intact, I think is going to give them a pretty supreme edge going against this really crappy Jacksonville defense, despite the outcome last weekend, they're still bottom of the league in DVOA. Well, and can we see the real Colts defense stand up? I mean, come on. I mean, they were really good last year. I don't understand what's going on with this team. Uh, and Forrest Buckner's still on this team. They've still got all the guys they need. So I'm hoping they, they come up with a game effort and, are able to play better on defense, and that's what we need to cover this number because that, you know, 10.5, that hook, I mean, it's, it's something to worry about. Yeah, I think they definitely miss Julian Blackman, the second-year safety who's been out at ACL or Achilles, year-ending injury, he's been out a couple weeks now, and it's really hurt their pass defense now, 26th ranked against the pass. They still have a stout run game, but it's the pass defense that has certainly dragged them down the last several weeks. So are we penciling this yellow or green? I'd go green. I like Indianapolis a lot. It's on my list of picks, so I'm good. I'm good with green. Okay. <laughs> All right, we are getting some action here at the uh, yeah yeah the Avenida Cinco Studio. Some action. There's some new fans, new fans for side action. Shirts right here. All right, um, here we go. So the next game is Cleveland New England. Uh, Cleveland came off kind of what I mentioned last week. I think they needed to win that game, and they came up big, and they won big. Uh, they actually are obviously a dog on the road at New England. Uh, they open as a three-point dog on the road, 44.5-point total. It's 2.5 in the contest, although it's 1.5 in a lot of places. It's 2.5 apparently at Rivers, too, just so you know. 45.5-point total. You know, actually, I'm on Cleveland on this one. The metrics say the Patriots, uh, and it's kind of along the lines of your DVOA thing. I think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. I think their defense is really good. But, I mean, I don't know about the Chubb injury or Chubb being out with COVID, but I don't know. I mean, Baker's tough to trust, obviously, in general, but I think that this defense is pretty good for Cleveland, and I think that Mac uh, Jones is going to have some trouble against it. So I would like to get points in this situation, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm on the same side as you. I like Cleveland a lot. I already took them plus two and a half earlier this week before – you and I talked about earlier the line dropped down to one, which signaled to me that there was some sharp money coming in on the Browns. Right. And then the Chubb news broke, and now we're seeing two and a half again. So, right. um, But to me, I think the biggest handicap for me is this the health of the Browns' defense. We've talked about it last week. The secondary was getting some key players back, and mm-hmm. they performed really well against the Bengals' offense. And I think that they're going to be set up to have some success against the Patriots this week. And on top of that, I, regardless whether it's Chubb or Dearness Johnson, I think that the Browns running game certainly will be able to have success on that side of the ball. So I like the Browns getting points also. Is this another green? Right uh, the yeah. game? I'm in. Two for two. Wow. Let's do this. All right. All right. Next one is Atlanta against Dallas. Dallas obviously played like crap, and I think that's – all on Mike McCarthy personally. Uh, Dallas Open is a nine and a half point favorite at home, fifteen and a half point total. Totals all the way up to fifty four and a half, uh, with the total at there it's nine in the contest for the Cowboys. Now we didn't talk about this. I mean, obviously Atlanta played very well early in that game against the Saints. The Saints roared back. So you were on the right side when we talked about it last week. Glad we stayed away from it in the contest. Uh, but ah oh man, I mean nine points is a lot, obviously in any in any NFL game. I don't know if I can get on board with Atlanta, though. i, I got to figure there's a bounce back here for Dallas. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they have only one direction to go <laughs> after that performance. And that is the one thing that gives me pause. I, I certainly would have no interest in backing Dallas at nine. I thought long and hard about the Falcons because they really performed above expectation last week on offense against a really good Saints defense. I know. Definitely caught my eye. And um, I think that Matt Ryan and and Pitts certainly have developed a connection. But I I, and I also think that the Cowboys defense has been overrated based on some pretty lucky turnover uh, variants. 
And mm-hmm. so that's obviously coming back and we're seeing that, you know, Diggs isn't intercepting and scoring touchdowns every week like he was early in the season. But right. I do think that they're going to be ready to play this week. And, and for that reason, it's probably a pass. Yeah, let's just pass on it. I you don't know. Dallas on the road. I mean, they played good last week on the road, but, you mm-hmm. know. There is, they do have that revenge from last year. Remember, they were up like two touchdowns in week three or four, and then the onside kick fiasco. I think we lost on the Falcons last year in that game. Yeah, they somehow blew that game. I don't know how they blew it, but weren't they up by 21 points or something? Yeah, yeah. And it was 14 late with like two minutes left. Yeah, yeah. All right, the next one, uh, AFC East gem in the Bills going to the Jets. Uh, the Bills open as a 13.5-point favorite on the road, 48.5-point total. It's 11.5 in the contest, which, you know, we, 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 we followed the Bills again. They lost last week. They were covered a high uh, spread the week before. They're on the road, divisional opponent. We know the Jets stink, uh, but can we really get on board with this? I, I don't hmm. – I'm going to stay away this time, Action. I know we, we jumped on the Bills twice with the big numbers to be contrarian. It did bite us last week. Would you consider going on the other side with the Jets? <laughs> you know, I love the, the parakeet J- in the background. I, exactly. Thank you. Trigger parakeet. Um, I don't know, bro. I mean, the Jets. I mean, who's going to be a quarterback anyway? Like, did the one dude got hurt, Mike White. Mike White is announced as the starter this okay. week so it appears that his little finger injury is uh okay to play yeah i just think the bills they got to come back and and lay waste to this i don't know about i mean it's a divisional opponent too mm-hmm. but if we go with the kind of general trend of the season where road teams do really well i gotta stay away from it you know like in terms of the jets um i know that they did beat the titans at home early in the season yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, we certainly understand that the Bills' defense is still number one in the league, and yeah. they performed. I mean, we got to say they performed great last week against Jacksonville. Yeah. If you tell me that they hold the Jaguars to nine points, I would probably respond and say that the Bills win that game ninety-nine percent of the time. So you got to figure they're going to hold down the Jets' offense a little bit this week, despite Mike White and his great performance through one point two five games. <laughs> that's right, the Mike White experience. Well, let's skip it. Let's skip okay. it. Uh, okay, another one in the 1 o'clock window. We've got New Orleans going to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee opens a 2.5-point favorite, 44.5-point total. They're up to 3 in the contest at home, 44.5-point total. I'm on Saints, dude. I, I know that we keep going against the Titans every day. But the Saints, again, are better in the metrics. I'm going to say this every week until the Titans lose. Um, yeah, the Titans can – I don't even know how they won last week. I guess it was Stafford. Two bad turnovers, mm-hmm. right? They yeah. didn't necessarily run the ball. They didn't even really throw the ball. So New Orleans, we talked about them last week being how can they score with Trevor Simeon. They put up points late. They just had to figure it out late. So I like I like getting the points here. And New Orleans, I think, is actually a better road team now than they are a home team anymore. I don't know why, but they have been traditionally. But that is true. They have been great on the road this season. And uh, the, I, I agree. I think that... I'm happy to die on the mountain going against Tennessee. I think we've done it like four weeks in a row now. And we're going to get them once. We'll get them. <laughs> and uh, um, on top of that, I think that this, like the Saints defense is still their defense. Again, yeah. they they were just had an off day on Sunday. And yeah. um, I think it was pretty clear in the numbers that Tennessee's offense did not perform to their lofty expectations only 2.7 yards per carry last week against the Rams and uh, coming up against the Saints run defense is going to be another shock to the system. Plus we're getting a full field goal here, which I think is key in a game that probably should be two and a half. You're looking at three. No, I agree with you. I think that's right. I mean, I think the Saints, well, my metrics, they should be favorite. We're not tables. I got Saints. I think they should be a one point favorite or one point dog on the road. That's what I got them at. So I'm looking at three and a half value. So that's, that's good. So yeah, we are getting the full field goal. Um, is that right? The only thing that I want to monitor between now and then is I caught late this afternoon that Alvin Kamara popped up on the injury report. No practice today with a knee injury, and oh. uh, he's pretty key to their offense. Yeah, he's he's kind of important, kind of important guy. Okay, well let's uh, let's put that. You want to put it as a yellow and then check his injury status on Saturday then? I think so. Okay, good call. All right, the. Well, there's a couple more games. This 1 o'clock window is huge again. Um, Now we've got Tampa against Washington. 
Tampa's coming off the bye. They opened as a seven and a half point favorite on the road, 51 point total. It's nine and a half now in the contest, which is higher than the market from what I've seen. You, you're showing nine and a half. I think I'm showing eight and a half, but still, they're a heavy favorite. Um, 51 and a half point total. It's a gut feeling. I mean, the Bucks should win this game. I know they should, but I don't know. For some reason, I'm, I'm holding this playoff game in my head from last year where Taylor Heineke, you know, rocked out. You know, they not only covered, they had a chance to win that game. I know you probably won't get on board with me with Washington because they've sucked all year for us, but um, I don't really want to take the Bucks minus the nine and a half. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that side for sure. It would be Washington or pass for me. They're at home. And I, I think, though, the, the playoff game from last year is probably a check in the positive side for Tampa Bay, knowing mm-hmm. how Tom Brady is and how he's going to prepare his team coming off the bye. Right. They're certainly going to be ready for this game with an eye towards a little bit of revenge from the close game last season. Sure. But you've seen the week in and week out, this Washington football team has taken tons of money from the Sharps. I know. And for whatever reason... <laughs> Sharp money, smart money, big money. They like the Washington football team. And um, that's for some reason. Don't think it's the defense. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually seeing some nine and a half, actually some tens also mm-hmm. on offshore books. So well, maybe you're right. Maybe I missed that. I think you're right. I guess it is not the reverse. But look, I here's the thing. I don't know. I mean, if you think that it's going to be a sharp pick, which means that the contest people go with this one, it's kind of like the Eagles every week, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm happy to stay away from it. I don't want to back Tom Brady, you know, with nine and a half, ten. I mean, they definitely can win. Um, meaning the Bucks can cover this number, but I just, I don't know. For some reason, I think that Ron Rivera is going to rally the troops at some point in the season, but maybe not yeah. this. Right now, the Buccaneers are getting 81% of the tickets, so it appears to be not only just the public side but very popular too and as you know there is uh usually some pretty good value going against uh, a team that has that many bets on them right right no no i mean you want to be on the side of the books for the most part in that case so okay well let's i don't i don't know if you want to get on board with washington but i, I i'm happy to pass but let's watch let's, hi- let's highlight them and, and talk about it a little bit more in the next day okay. or two sounds good all right, the last one in the one o'clock window is um, uh oh, we've got another fill up of the margarita. Thank you, Tio. All right, round two. <laughs> nice. Uh, we've got Detroit going to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh opened as a ten point favorite at home, 44, and a, 44 point total. Right now, it's eight points in the contest. The market shows nine or eight and a half. So, circa making a stand right here at forty two and a half point total. This is a very similar handicap to what we talked about last week with the Bears. Uh, pretty large, you know, Mike Tomlin, co- you know, covering a spread, especially at home, is garbage. I don't know if I can get on board with you with the Lions because I know you're on this action. I already until <laughs> telepathy. But, I mean, could the, could Detroit come and put a game effort on the road? Sure. Uh, Would have liked it at 10, that's for sure. Eight's a yeah. better number for the Steelers. Thank you. Yeah, true. I, I bet nine yesterday. I did take the Lions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you knew that. Oh, maybe I wrote it in the notes. The, the Steelers just can't cover numbers as favorites. They're 0-3 against the spread as favorites this season yep. and 3-5 and overall. And they're off. I mean, again, on Monday night, you saw them jump out to an early lead and their defense let the Bears back into the game and their offense is just not capable of getting margin. Well, and they should. I don't. I watched the game. I watched at least the second half. It was fourteen to three at halftime. I think. Yep. The Steelers were dominating them. They they let them back in it. And I'm a Bears fan. I'm like, how are the Bears going to win this game? The Steelers almost lost it outright. Yeah. They gave up the fumble, the the punt return fumble. Then they give up that bomb. I mean, Justin Fields played great in the fourth quarter. But all right, put yellow, put yellow in Detroit, dude. All right, come on. And I also going to add the Lions are coming off of a bye. And for most teams in the NFL nowadays, I would say that's not necessarily a positive thing. But for saying all you want about Dan Campbell, the guy can certainly motivate. And I have every expectation that they're going to come off of the bye hungry and ready to play hard this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, he's he's got him fired up, got him fired up. Let's see. Let's see if you talk me into on a Saturday morning. I mean, that's probably what will happen. Okay. All right. So here we go. Minnesota and the four o'clock window, Minnesota against the Chargers. Uh, so Chargers open as a three-point favorite at home, 
and a 15 and a half point total. The total is ticked up to 53, but the, in Circa has it at three, the market's between two and a half and three for the Chargers. This is one of these situations, dude. It's just like last week with the Ravens. Uh, these teams are equal on paper. So I do think the Chargers are going to win this game. So, you know, we've talked about a simplifying handicap. Who's going to win the game? Chargers. So that means they're going to cover. That's what most of the numbers are saying. But, damn, and the Vikings covered that number last week, and I kind of knew that they would. They should have probably won the game. But, you know, Lamar Jackson's incredible. So where are you on this one? This is a really tough game to handicap. I'll be honest, early on in the week, I had a lean to the Vikings, mm-hmm. ma- mainly because I think they, uh, when you talk about, um, you know, ex- win expectancy, they've mm-hmm. actually uh, been very unlucky in terms of games that they should have won this season. They're, you know, I think they're three and five. They probably should be more like five and three. Sure. And on the flip side, the Chargers are a team that has probably lucked into some more wins than they really should have. And so uh, two even teams, You, I would venture to think that in the long run, Minnesota will balance out. However, the news cycle this week for the Vikings has been terrible. And I think that the distractions are really starting to add up. They're, one of their starting offensive linemen came down with COVID and has now been hospitalized. Mm. And I, I heard on the radio today that there's 28 close contacts that they're monitoring. So there could be an additional COVID outbreak on the team. And then in addition to that, the Dalvin news, Dalvin Cook news came out that he's involved in a domestic dispute. So I think all of those things distraction wise is not good for a Vikings team who's already had some history this season of not being level headed and prepared to play. Okay. Well, would you get on board with the Chargers or is it a stay away? No, I I, uh, I should have clarified. I would be interested in the Chargers actually laying three. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's 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 one of those ones. I mean, what do the numbers tell you? I I've got the game. Ugh, yeah, Chargers. I mean, it's right by the number. It's really where the I have I have the Chargers by two uh, in my numbers, so it's really close. But uh, yeah, let's put it as a yellow. Let's talk about it. I mean, I think, think Herbert had a decent game. You know, they obviously won the game against the Eagles. It was a tough game. They it was it was dicey. I mean, the Sharps knew something because the Eagles were right in that game. But we went all the way down to the pick in that one, didn't it? The the Eagles Chargers, or were they always favored by the one? I, I think it was one at close. Okay. What's your take on the coaching matchup here, Zimmer versus the debutante Staley? <laughs> the debutante. Uh, I think the debutante is a better coach, especially a game day coach. Uh, but every now and then, I mean, the Zimmer, you know, he he comes up with something every now and then on a defensive basis to to stymie, you know, other teams. And this isn't a primetime matchup. It's a four o'clock matchup. You know, we got to stay away from Kirk in that one. But if Dalvin Cook, who probably won't play, is he not going to play with all the news? I haven't read anything like that. I expect he'll be out there, but I'm just, just the dark cloud surrounding yeah. the entire organization this week certainly cannot help them prep for this well, game. Well, if he plays, he's going to get 200 yards. The Chargers can't stop the run. Valid. So that's my only fear is that if he's out, I feel better. Um, but, mm-hmm. All right, let's put it as a yellow. Otherwise, it'll stay away from me. Okay. All right, let's go. Carolina, Arizona. Uh, this is at Arizona. Arizona was a 10.5-point favorite in this game, 45.5-point total. Ten points in the contest for the Cardinals, 44.5-point total. I mean, this this team is amazing, right? I, I, I The metrics are good. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury's that great of a coach, but he's got a good team, and they're playing great. Um, you got to figure there's some letdown. I mean, Colt McCoy, if he's going to start for real, there's going to be tape on him now. Because I thought that was part of gamesmanship with Cliff Kingsbury last week. Give him some credit that the other team couldn't prepare for Colt McCoy. This week, Carolina should, but he's going to start with P.J. Walker. I mean, good God. It's a stay away, dude. It's a stay away. Yeah, yeah I agree. I have no zero negative interests in the Panthers. <laughs> right. But it's hard to lay 10 points with Arizona with so many unknowns. And now Ron, Rondell Moore could be out too, so I agree, total pass. The the, the spoiler maker zone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, David Bell is going to be better than that guy when he makes it to the league. That... No question. All right, well let's go with the last couple here. Seattle against Green Bay. We kind of mentioned this at the top with the injuries and and notes. Uh, Seattle or Green Bay opens a five point favorite at home, forty nine and a half point total. The Packers are a three point favorite now. 49.5 point total. I was on Seattle early in the week 
when the number was better. Um, three points at home. Rogers going to play. Ugh. Green Bay is good at home. Cover numbers, dude. Yeah. I don't like this team. But three points is, is – I mean, they're telling you they want you to take the Packers, but I always thought the bounce was going to be good for Russell coming back. They're going to play great, you know, make a stand. They've, I think they've even beaten Green Bay in, in Green Bay before. But I liked a better number. This three is good for the Pack. Did you know that Russell Wilson has been simulating warm-ups every game? Pre-game action. He, he puts on his little headphones and he's pretending like he's warming up, playing quarterback. First of all, you know this, that that Russell, Russell Wilson is my hero because he's married to Ciara. I mean, <laughs> Russia, of right course, now. of course. So he can do whatever the hell he wants uh, and still go home to Ciara. So whatever he does on the sidelines, in the driveway, whatever, who cares? But um, that's funny that he's doing that. But, hey, I mean, Wilson, he's a great guy, a good player. But, I don't know, what do you think about this one? I, I have no idea. I don't like the number for Seattle now, but – I could get on board because, I don't know, Green Bay. Fuck. I don't know. What do you think? I think there's value on Green Bay, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. This number being this number should not be three. It's not like Seattle was playing great with Russell Wilson. Right. And him coming back doesn't mask their really horrible defense either. That's... 23rd ranked and yeah. 24 against the pass. So um, Devontae Adams and Rodgers surely won't miss a beat when he comes back onto the field. And right. I think the Packers are prime for a cover here, especially at three. What does the Weggs index tell you the number should be? Should be Packers six and a half at home. Yeah. It's value. You're right. And that's why when it was five, I thought, okay, there's going to be a Russell bump. Now it's down to three. Ugh, it's all for the pack. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. The only unknown for me is the the malaise, the potential malaise that Aaron Rodgers could be in after he he kind of had a tumultuous week too with all the media backlash and mm-hmm. certainly that's got to wear on any human being, even sure. a professional quarterback. Well, he could also come back and say "f you" to the league, right? I mean, he True. could play great, and you know, I'm sure the team's going to be happy to have him back. I mean, Love was at best average; he didn't play <laughs> yeah. well. I mean, they yeah. covered the number against Kansas City only because Kansas City couldn't score, but. Seven points, I mean, against that Chiefs defense, that's bad. So, yeah. I think we should color it yellow if you're up for it. Yeah. Definitely want to read up on Aaron Rodgers on Saturday morning before we pull the trigger on this one. Yeah, obviously, obviously. All right, the last in the 4 o'clock window is Philadelphia, the darlings of the of the Sharps uh, against Denver. Uh, Denver opens in a 1.5-point favorite uh, at home, 44.5-point total. Now the Broncos are a 3-point favorite in the contest, which is about where the market is. 44 and a half point total. I mean, it's kind of a whatever game to me. I think the Broncos, I've got them that they should be more of a four and a half point favorite. So it's not that much value. I did have them as, as a Wegs index pick earlier in the week, but I can also back off on it. Teddy, as we know, is better at the underdog versus the favorite. That's a good point. Yeah, and I've seen a couple of two and a halves that are starting to show in the market, and it would be really nice if the contest was also a two and a half. Right. I think, you know, if you you mentioned the the difference in the index being three and a half, or did you say four and a half? Yeah, yeah, right. Still, that's with a two point home advantage. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, and like you said, I, I've also expected the wave of money to come in on the Eagles, and it hasn't really come yet. Maybe it will in the next day or two. Right. But I don't know. This is a tough one for me to call. Denver rose up last week in the underdog role, but I suspect they might fall flat a little bit this week comparatively. And they've won back-to-back games now, so maybe they've righted the ship because they had a great start and they played like crap. Now they're playing. Eagles aren't that good of a football team. So I'd be happy to stay away, actually, I don't know. I mean – you know, last week it made sense to go against Dallas because it was a lot of points and Teddy covers. This one's tough, you know. Yeah, I think I think this is the past two. Okay. All right, we go prime time. This is a couple game and you know, one for our, our proxy. You know, this is Kansas City going to the, to Vegas. Uh, somehow Kansas City opens a three point favorite on the road, fifty three and a half point total. It's two and a half in the contest with a fifty two point total. How is this possible? This team. <laughs> doesn't cover any numbers and they're going on the road and they they're favored against a team that metrically is better than them. And I, you know, I know Dave or proxy loves to hear this, but 
I mean, I got the Raiders like as a seven point favorite at home here. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't fathom what the books are thinking except that the Chiefs are a public team. Is that what's happening? That and they know that a lot of sharp betters still have the Chiefs rate, rated in the top five, huh. and that if they open this number a certain direction, that they're going to get a ton of Chiefs money, which presumably they don't want. And uh, we just got a text from. Dave, our proxy, and he said, yes. you better effing pick the Raiders tonight. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> exactly. Let's see this about the PR that they're trying to do with the uh, the, the situation with Rux. But, yeah. yeah. No, no, we know where Dave wants to sit. But here's a question for you with the Chiefs. The Chiefs had been playing better defensively. We, we know that. Okay? Mm-hmm. Is it – do you think – what do your numbers say in DVOA? What is their defense – you know, it's probably for the whole season, right? So it's, yeah. it's still crappy, but where they sit defensively. 28th ranked, 27 pass, and 29 against the run. They don't show you like a last three weeks or anything like that, right? So, yeah. I mean, I think they have gotten better. I don't love them. I think the Raiders, is Darren Waller, he's fine now, right? He's playing now? Yeah. Yeah, Waller's back, and Josh Jacobs returned. Looked great last weekend against the yeah. Giants. They just couldn't punch in the end zone. They should have won the game. So yeah. I'm still in Vegas here. I, I, I'm a little curious why this line isn't close to even a pick or something. I just – it's weird to me. Yeah, and I, I think on the other side of the ball, the Raiders' defense has obviously performed above expectations, and they are set up very well to – to play the Chiefs stop defense because their pass rush has been dynamite this season, putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks just by rushing four. And that's how you beat Patrick Mahomes and company this year. So I think the Raiders are in a great spot here. And we add in that their divisional home dog on Sunday night football. Yep. I think it's slam dunk. Sprinkle a little money line. Get a little money. Oh yeah. Let's go. Definitely. Okay, good, good. Uh, last game of the weekend, Monday night, uh, the Rams playing against San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, I'm sorry, the Rams open as a three-point favorite on the road at San Francisco, which has no home field advantage, by the way. Uh, 47-point total in the contest. It's up to four with a 49-point um, total. Look, this happened last week. We, we, we took the cheese again, Action. It's not your fault. We both wanted to do it. We took San Francisco against the Cardinals, and we got crushed. Uh, just like everybody else in the contest, well, not everybody, 1,600 people. Um, yeah. You can't trust San Francisco at home. I mean, they haven't won a game, let alone covered a game in, since they opened the damn stadium. But I don't like the four. Um, I don't love the four. Obviously, three was better. And I don't know, man. I, the Rams are such a weird team. They're such a good, talented team. But I'd like to stay away. I'd like to stick with yeah. our Monday night stay away spot. But I'm assuming you're on the Rams here right no I I'm happy to pass this game too I mean you mentioned the trends for the Niners at home I mean they just can't win at home for whatever reason mm-hmm. but on the other side the Rams even though in my mind it seems like that they performed really well this season they're now only four and five against the spread mm-hmm. and so it's a team that's not really covering covering numbers they've lost three in a row as well against the number so I'm well, happy to pass this one. Action. They were refusing to run the ball. This team was built on play action pass with Goff. With Stafford, they're just hucking and chucking, and they're letting the other team get back in it because they don't control the clock. And you yeah. see time and time again. And the Titans did it too. Even though the Titans didn't run the ball well, they controlled the clock, and that's why the Rams couldn't even get back in it when they got down quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the loss of uh, Cam Akers certainly didn't help, and then Daryl Henderson's been banged up. That doesn't really give McVay good feelings about running the ball, I'm sure. Right, right. Okay, let's pass. I'm down. Um, okay, well, let's review our top candidates this week. It looks like we got some greens action. Yeah. Right out the gate, we've got Indy over Jacksonville. Um, Indy being a 10.5-point favorite at home. Cleveland at New England getting 2.5 points is a green. The other green we just talked about, Vegas getting 2.5 points at home against the Chiefs. And now we'll have to make some decisions between these games. New Orleans being a three-point dog on the road against Tennessee, you know, America's darling. Uh, then you've got Washington plus nine and a half at home coming off the bye for both teams. Detroit plus eight at the Steelers. You know, we know Tomlin can't cover a, a spread. And then you've got the Chargers minus three at home against the Vikes. 
and then Green Bay minus three at home against Seattle. So definitely some good picks for those last two. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling good about the ones that we have lined up and a good four or five yellows that we can talk through on Saturday morning. Right, right. Well, a little transition. You know, we were starting a new quarter here. We obviously didn't win the second quarter. We were not that close, but we maybe, you know, we're kind of in the middle of the pack here. Uh, so we, we went two and three last week, which wasn't fantastic, but we're still, you know, four, 1,443rd place. That's not bad, you know, for 4,000 entries plus. Uh, the top dogs are, there's two now right now, Ashton, at 34 and 11. That's 75, 5, 6%. That's pretty damn good. Um, yeah. And to get in the top 50 right now, you have to be almost at 69% at 31 and 14. So, you know, we've got some work to, ahead of us for the last two quarters, but I, this is a four-week quarter, if I'm not mistaken. So yes. maybe we can do what we do the last couple of years and have great first couple of weeks and, you know, guns a-blazing, right? Yeah, I think uh, going into quarter three here is where we need to make our move. If we have a good week this week, we can set ourselves up nicely and really focus here going down the stretch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right, buddy. We'll have a great weekend. Uh, I'll be here until Sunday, but we'll talk on Saturday to formalize our picks for our listeners mm-hmm. and viewers. You know, I will get the stuff up. Don't worry. I know you're worried. Uh, I am getting some more shirts, everybody. So we'll nice. we have some giveaways. Uh, you know, our guy Dempsey, he asked me for, you know, double XL to promote, you know, when he goes to Vegas, he was getting all the slot machine love down there in Vegas. So Got to get him one, um, and then I'm sure some other people want some. So let's spread the love, spread the side action love. That's right. Yeah, we're heading to Vegas next weekend as well, so I have to make sure my shirt's nice and tidy. Are you so going to see the, right around town. Are you guys going to see the proxy or no? Yeah, I, we're going to try and rock climb with Dave on Monday at Red Rocks. We got a couple of things lined up at Circa, and then um, obviously some gambling in between. So it'll be fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, everybody. We'll follow the pod at, podcast, the Side Action Pod, on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right, everybody. Good luck this weekend. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.